on this Feelman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. The mixture of hail and what? Sleet. Hail and sleet is? Ropple, apparently. that Kevin was getting some uh, texts and tweets about uh, for meteorologists of what the correct term is because he and Laura were having an argument of it, whether it was sleet or hail. Or freezing ring, a grapple. And I, you know, I was grappling with that decision to talk about it, but they apparently went, thank you. Nice. Well done. Ah, you are nothing if not clever, my friend. Nice to have you (laughs) back on this Monday morning, if not in the same location, but uh, great to have you. Uh, You and I have a lot to talk about as it concerns the college football playoff that we thought was. Clemson, Ohio State on a collision course. Now, of course, Clemson has lost a game to Notre Dame. The Buckeyes look mortal in the second half against Rutgers. I think that's more of boredom than anything else. But uh, college football getting interesting across the board with Florida's win and all kinds of stuff going on. Well, let's start with Ohio State. Um, Obviously started out fast. I thought Greg Schiano did a really good job of trying to keep it close and getting really creative and the execution of all the trick plays that Rutgers was able to put in place. Mm-hmm. I did a pretty good job. I mean, that's the only way they were going to beat Ohio State. But you make a great point. Uh, it was boring watching it in the second half. And then the team looked disinterested. Justin Fields and Garrett Wilson, Alave, yeah. those guys. I mean, they're just an elite class. They right? are. I mean, you could see elite when you see when you see it. It's you don't know when you see it, but when you see it, you know that you see it. And with those guys, you uh, definitely see it. I think Garrett Wilson is just tremendous. Man, he He's going to have a bright, bright future as a an NFL player. I had an and NFL scout is. talk to me about him after one of his first practices at Ohio State. He said, I'd take that kid in the first round right now. Yeah, well, I think he's just so smooth, and he catches the ball with his hands. Great competitor, great kid, smart has all the tools that you want, can return the football if you need him to return. So he's certainly valuable. But I think you look at Justin, Bruce, and, and I, I tell you, man, I the thing I like about him is that his demeanor is really good. You know what I mean? The, net, the highs don't get too highs yep. and the lows don't get too low. And I think that carries over into the football team as a whole. He is so comfortable back there right now. He's got a – you know, pretty good offensive line. Not as good as I think a lot of people thought they would be to this point. But I don't, I, I don't stress really about anything with Ohio State. I know people are wondering, oh, look at all the yards they gave up in the second half and all that kind of stuff. When you're up thirty-five to three on Rutgers and there's no crowd and it's Saturday night, I know Ryan Day. Look, he has to look for things. You know, we have to create our own energy. When you're up thirty-five to three, like you created it, the ball game's over. You know, so I don't worry about that kind of stuff. But back to Fields, we haven't even seen what Ohio State can be when they use him as a runner. And if they get in a game where they need him, whether it's against Alabama or Florida or Notre Dame or Clemson or Cincinnati or whoever it is, they have the option to use him as a runner. They're not going to have to use him as a runner against Maryland or Indiana or any of these other, you know, mm. pretenders that they have. <laughs> I'm. Don't sleep on Maryland, my friend. Oh, I knew you'd give me the don't sleep on Maryland after they won <laughs> at Penn State. At, or Indiana, right. Again, uh, we'll get to that. I, I Fields is <laughs> Fields is super special. And it and it it brings up an interesting question. Georgia had Jake Fromm, and Jake Fromm took him to the national championship game 
as a freshman. And then they recruit Justin Fields. Now, I'm wondering, like, is there anything Kirby Smart should have done? Because Fromm was, as a sophomore, better than Fields as a true freshman. But if you're Kirby Smart, you can't let this kid get away. Or is there nothing you can do? Like, you can't say, hey, sorry, Jake, or whatever, because there's just no comparison between Jake Fromm and Justin Fields after Justin Fields was there a while. I mean, the Justin Fields last year compared to Jake Fromm last year, Georgia might win a national championship last year if they had Justin Fields. Here's a similar argument, all right? If you're Urban Meyer and you saw what Joe Burrow did last year and you see what Joe Burrow's doing in the NFL now, you can ask that very same question. How can Urban Meyer let that kid get away? Well, because he had Dwayne I mean, Haskins. Like, that's why. They're, that's well, why. Saying, well, I, I get that, but I think you're talking about a quarterback of Jake Fromm who's an NFL-caliber quarterback, and he's taking you to the national championship game. You're going to sit him on the bench for a true freshman? Yeah. I, I mean, you know? some there are – some dilemmas that can't be avoided. Maybe that is one. But I just look at Georgia last year with Fromm. He's not going to win you a game by himself. Justin Fields can win you a game by himself. And he yeah, doesn't have to well, win him by himself at Ohio State because he's got tons of talent around him. I, I mean, you can, I, certainly you can make that argument. And it's certainly for us very easy to look back and say that. I, I just think, I think he's better than Trevor Lawrence. And uh, that's just my own personal opinion. And I keep trying to find flaws, but the more I try, <laughs> the less successful I am. His accuracy is off the charts. I think he's seeing the field really well. Now, it's not this easy. I mean, when you have elite wide receivers, I mean, guys are running wide open. I just got to see whether yeah. he can throw into enough tight windows. And that's, that's, that time will come. That time will come. But the difference between the really good teams in college football and the really bad teams is stark, isn't it? It I, is. I just think there's, you know, there's probably, what, 10 good teams, would you say? I don't and know if there's 10. There's else? more. You know, I'll say this. There's more than I thought there were before Saturday. Like, after Saturday, I'm like, hey, you know, Florida's pretty good. And uh, Notre Dame's pretty good. Notre Dame's really good on both lines. That's how they were yeah. able to beat Clemson. They were able to get a pass rush, and they were and they allowed no pass rush on Ian Book. Now, Clemson's got, I think, one of their best pass rushers, their their middle linebacker who calls all their plays and everything, were out. Clemson didn't play bad, but they couldn't run the ball, and that made a huge difference in that game. Uh, yeah, they were five or six starters down, too, yeah. right? So, yeah. Although I think Notre Dame's really good. I was really impressed with Ian Book. Yep. I mean, that game-winning drive he had, yep. that put I think that put away uh, a lot of goes for Ian Book. I think that helps uh, the belief in Ian Book from uh, Coach Kelly and his teammate, his teammates. I like the kid. Uh, he really showed me a lot yeah. and what he had to do. And you're right. Notre Dame is very good on both fronts. They're not bad at skilled positions. They can run the football. Yep. And Notre Dame is certainly a, a team that, you know, we'll probably see, what, Notre Dame and Clemson again in the uh, ACC championship, I'm assuming. Yeah, they don't do divisions. They do top two teams, and both those teams have their tough game. Well, Notre Dame has a couple tougher games. North Carolina, I mean, they were highly ranked early. Maybe they could give Notre Dame a game, but 
I think if Notre Dame and Clemson are don't lose anymore and they play in the ACC title game and Clemson wins, I think you have to put them both in. Yeah, I, absolutely. So it, it should play out well, but I, I guess my point is I look at Clemson, I look at Alabama, I look at Ohio State, Notre Dame, then, you know, you have some nice stories out there with the Luke Fickle and the Bearcats who are a really good team. I just don't know how good they are until they play somebody uh, worthy. Another team that's playing really well, Bruce, that nobody talks about is BYU, another yep. you know non-Power 5 school that I still think is undefeated. The Pac-12 got off to a roaring start this oh, yeah. week. There's nobody in the Big 12, I think, that makes mm-hmm. me nervous. Nope. So you're right, Georgia, Alabama. No, I'm not Georgia. Florida, Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, UC. Yeah, I, I think UC. Maybe? Here's the thing with UC's win over Memphis on Saturday. It was a dominant win, and Memphis played BYU earlier in the year. BYU won the game, but BYU was down in the third quarter and had to rally in the fourth quarter to win the game. It was a, if, if you're comparing, because let I mean, let's face it, BYU and Cincinnati aren't both getting in. So one of them will get in the conversation if they're undefeated and let's say some of these other elite teams we talked about beat each other up and have a blemish or two. Then Cincinnati has the edge on BYU because they have a common opponent. Cincinnati has a better overall strength of schedule than BYU's and they beat the common opponent more handily, more dominantly. So good for Luke Fickle, you know, good for Luke Fickle who now, um, (laughs) I'm going to save this because first let me say, Uh, Open enrollment on health insurance goes until December the 15th. So if you're an individual, and more importantly, if you're an individual that is like uh, an independent contractor in a business, you're a realtor, you're a lawyer, you're uh, an accountant, something like that, and you think you're not a business, you're a person. Well, you are a person and you are a business. You are what's called a group of one. So why is that important on health insurance? AUIinfo.com can tell you, but I'll tell you what they're going to tell you. They... Can you're as an individual, you have Obamacare. That's it. But as a business, you have a bunch of different plans. So let AUI Info, Chrissy, and the team tell you about how to be a group of one. If you're an individual looking for health insurance, they can help you through Obamacare and some of the different things like that. And if you're a business owner and you have multiple employees, they can help you with lining up the best plans for your group of employees to attract the best employees. AUIinfo.com. Go on their site. They'll have a chat feature. Then you can set up a Zoom call, set up a phone call, set up an in-person meeting, auiinfo.com. And they don't charge you. The carriers pay them. So free call, free everything. Get the best health insurance uh, information from auiinfo.com. Okay. Luke Fickle has a great year. It might be uh, might not have escaped your notice that Indiana dominated Michigan 38-21 to on Saturday. <laughs> there is... Uh, no momentum in Michigan for extending Jim Harbaugh, who's in the final year of his contract. Year six, they are one and two, having lost to Michigan State, which lost at Iowa 49-7 to on Saturday. <laughs> oh, and two Iowa, I might point out. Okay? Indiana's first win over Michigan in 33 years. They're going to come into Ohio Stadium. If Rocky Lombardi can throw for 350 yards... At Michigan, Justin Fields can name how many yards he throws against Michigan for. So it's not going to end well for Harbaugh uh, when they play Ohio State. 
Luke Fickle. If called. Where'd you hear that first? I'm just saying, well, probably from you. But Luke Fickle, if called, does he, I mean, can he, you know? I mean, he's at Ohio. There's nobody more Ohio State guy than Luke Fickle. He grew up in Columbus. He, he took the bullet and was the interim coach in an untenable situation. Oh, I just thought of something. He could he could have residual bad feelings over being shunted. Of course, he really wasn't shunted aside because they paid him his head coaching salary as defensive coordinator under Urban. Right. But a lot of people say to me, he can't take that job. He wouldn't want that job. Your thoughts? I think he would absolutely think about it. And if I were to advise him, I would tell him to think about it. And I would say, you know, you, you've got to make a decision. I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, you don't get the job that you want. The job finds you. And I think he'd be a perfect fit. I think that would be a hard sell for some Michigan guys, don't you? Well, the last time they picked uh, they picked off a former Ohio State assistant coach, it worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, well, Gary Moeller, right? Well, I'm thinking Bo, but I guess Moeller was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Moeller took him to a couple Rose Bowls. I mean, there's precedent yeah. for it up there. Former captain Gary Moeller of Ohio State, by the way. Uh, yes, he played at Ohio State. He did not coach at Ohio State. He played at Ohio State. Bo coached okay. at Ohio State. Okay. So I guess my point is uh, I think Luke could, could take it. I think he would consider it. Uh, I would be slightly shocked if he did uh, decide to take it. I just don't think they're going to go after an Ohio State guy. Now, I think if we talk about Michigan like we've talked in the past and we talked uh, last year when we were um, kind of previewing everything and going through what's wrong with Michigan and we got into the recruiting thing and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, um, I think that Luke uh, has established himself in the state of Ohio where there's a lot of great players. Certainly at University of Cincinnati, if you look at their roster, they just don't get kids from the state or city of Cincinnati. They recruit nationally. They go to Florida, and they get a lot of kids from Florida. I think that Luke would absolutely uh, be a good fit. I just don't see Michigan coming after Luke. I really don't. Wow. Um, I just I, why I because know. Matt just, Campbell's there. Yeah. Uh, I, no, I just think that there's something about you know, there's a little pride involved where you say, okay, do we have to go two on a house state guy to fix our problems? Beating them every year but one since 2001. I mean, at some point in time, Michigan's got to say, well, do we want to swallow our pride and be competitive in the rivalry that means the most to us, or do we want to do it our way? Doing it our way hadn't worked. Yeah. I, I... I don't think I don't think the more I think about it, I don't think Luke would take it. I would think he'd be a great hire. I mean, that's why I said it on our show two weeks ago or last week, whenever it was. Yeah. That I, I absolutely would think that Luke Fickle would be a great hire anywhere because he's proven what he can do. He's trained under the best. I mean, he's uh, put his time in. He's he's got the perfect uh, mentality and the temperament. Um, he's done a great job of working for uh, Urban Meyer when he was a defensive coordinator, how he handled that situation as interim head coach, 
I remember when he was going for the UC job, and I was talking to some folks about uh, Luke that wanted my opinion of him. And I think you take a a look a look at the Luke and his track record, Bruce. And the one thing is the the guy doesn't get uh, rattled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he builds toughness within the program. That's he what I belief. see. See, that's what I would see. Michigan could look at and say, "Look, he's built the kind of team we want to be." I mean, they have they're they're not they're not a I formation. They run the spread. They do they do the modern stuff, but they're a physical team and they play really good defense. And look, for all of our talk about Michigan's recruiting, it is indisputable they have better talent coming in than Indiana does. They certainly have better talent coming in than Michigan State does. They have better talent coming in than Wisconsin does. And they play Wisconsin this week at home, assuming Wisconsin can clear the COVID protocol. And if he loses to Wisconsin at home, and I think he probably will, they're 1-3 they're and three, no better than 4-4 four and four this year if they play all their games because they're not winning at Ohio State. And I think Ohio State, if Ryan Day's, if Dave Biddle's report about Ryan Day being mad that Harbaugh tried to call him out on Al Washington not wearing a mask <laughs> in practice. And I don't think Bids was wrong on that. Uh, if Ryan Day is determined to try to score 100 points, I don't think he'd do 100 points. But I no. think but I think, I think, think 70 could be in play against, wow. against Michigan. I do. Because, look, what kind of – you're going to get them down in the first quarter, 14 nothing, 21 nothing. They don't show any ability to fight through adversity during a game. It's 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 really interesting watching them. It it almost feels like Ryan talked about creating our own energy. Did and I think I talked about on our show of these NFL games that I've been doing that the team that wins yeah. yep. in these empty stadiums create their own energy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched Tampa mm-hmm. Bay and the Saints last Ooh. night and that beat down. Ooh. But the Saints were playing at a different gear. They're just playing at a, a different level. And Tampa Bay had no way to match, and the result was ugly right there. And so when you look at Michigan, they're not playing with any energy. They're not playing with any enthusiasm unknown to mankind, right? right? Which, right. That's, yeah. which that's a great point. <laughs> you, that's a great point. Yeah. That's and what he's about. Ohio State, Ohio State didn't do that uh, against Rutgers. Now, I get it, the reasons. There's, I'm still concerned with Ohio State about running the football, Bruce. I don't think uh, they got to be able to run it a little bit better, in my opinion. And you're right. I don't think, excuse me, the offensive line is near as dominant as we thought it would be. No, so far it hasn't been. Rutgers had a pass, had a pass rush on them a time or two, and uh, look, I a time or two. I think they hit Justin nine or ten times. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. On, uh, I really like Teague. I just don't know if Teague. First of all, Teague is way better than Trey Sermon. Uh, Teague has more burst than Trey Sermon. There's a reason why Oklahoma let you know was okay with Trey Sermon leaving. Trey Sermon's nice backup running back, but he's not Master Teague, and neither one of them's J.K. Dobbins. If there's anything that this year, through it's just a couple games, has proven, it's that I didn't appreciate J.K. Dobbins enough. His ability to make people miss, his uh, ability to break long runs. Uh, Teague in your era, I think, would have been a really, really, really good Ohio State running back. He reminds me a lot of Tim Spencer. Uh, but I'm just not sure that there's a way to get the most out of him 
in this offense, and they should continue to throw because, man, they're good throwing it. Whew, wow. Yeah. When, I mean, I, we've talked about this, right, one of the areas of concern. Uh, and I, I think Master Teague is a great change-up back. Yeah. He's not, you know, there's there, – and I'm not saying this in a derogatory. There's got to be somebody with a little more explosiveness. Yeah. Yeah, more wiggle, speed. more top speed. Yeah, he's a straight-ahead guy, right? right more top ahead. speed earlier, yes. Uh, so maybe that's Demario McCall. Maybe it's um, some. If it would be Demario McCall, don't you think we'd see Demario yeah. McCall? I was well, we, who would thinking it, about I, I can't think of the night. name of the third-team kid from the first week. Um, Steel Chambers. Or? Steel Chambers, yes, Steel Chambers. I yeah, I don't know what's going on with him, but he fumbled a football the other night, yeah. so that's puts him behind me. He's uh, like I say, I don't know what's going on with him. I thought he'd take the opportunity that he had after Week One. Uh, let's uh, chat a bit about the confluence of offers from the Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 and the Spielman and Hooley Podcast. Good for you, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters lovers. Uh, many of you have become repeat customers. Now you can get Hemisphere at half off if you go to the Discount Shopping Club at 989theanswer.com. That's my station uh, that is offering you the opportunity to buy a $30 gift card to Hemisphere for just 15 bucks. Then you can use the gift card online. You don't have to go to Mechanicsburg into the deep hinterlands. You can use it online to buy the Hemisphere coffee that you've came come to know and love or that you uh, need to attend. Uh, to try, like uh, Spiel's favorite house blend, Hunter's Blend. So go to 989theanswer.com, click on the uh, shopping link, and then buy the gift card. You can buy as many gift cards as you want. You can only use one at a time on an order, but you can buy 10, and the next 10 times you order, you'll get Hemisphere Coffee at half off. Or you can go to HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com and use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps and save 15%. So that's the opportunity. Hemisphere does great things and great coffee. Okay, uh, congrats to the uh, Maslin Tiger football team, which uh, won on the weekend. 22-time state champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll see them at Fortress Obets in a few weeks. Uh, this week, we have the Division One state championship game, Pick Central and Cincinnati St. X. So two uh, high-powered programs playing for that one. Uh, the other divisions are in, uh, I think they're a week behind, the, uh, the D1ers. Uh, okay, I wanted to uh, mention Penn State briefly because Maryland beat them at Penn State, and Maryland plays Ohio State at Maryland this week. Maryland, uh, Tua's brother, uh, I don't know what his first name is, but uh, he he's a nice little quarterback. They throw it around. Now, you asked me about Ohio State concerns. I'm not sure the secondary is immune from being thrown yeah. upon. No, they're not, and I, I think uh... – you know, they don't – now, in fairness, they got really good pass rushers, really good. Yeah. There's no Boses or Youngs running around out there, right? No, there are not. But there's some really – no, <laughs> there's some really good players. Look, I just think they need better competition. I think Ohio State is a team that once that competition comes, they'll rise to that competition. Sometimes they – you know, like you said earlier, you started a podcast with this. They get bored and they can play down to their competition. I just think the defense needs to be a little bit more challenged. At, at one time, did you feel threatened at all by Rutgers? No, never. By Bo Melton? Or, never, or, you never, know, never. I mean, Bo not Melton's Noah nice Vedral, not any of them. No, no, no. Yeah. And so, you know, until this team plays somebody, I can't tell you if they're any good or not any good. 
But here's my question. You. you asked me concerns, and I gave you like a tangible concern. My intangible concern is, and you could speak to this because you've got the personal experience of it, they're not going to play a team that will challenge them until they get to the playoff. So they play a team, whoever it is in the playoff, that, oh, my goodness, these Notre Dame guys, you know, we can't get to the passer whenever we want to. Oh, wow, they really hit you, and they, they actually can blitz pick right. up. How hard is it then to rise to the occasion of the talent? It's a little bit of what we saw last year against Clemson. I remember Urban talking about in the uh, lead-up to that game, hey, Clemson's never seen anybody like Ohio State, and Ohio State's never seen anybody like Clemson, and the first half's going to be like a really interesting half because as, as they adjust to each other's talent. Sure. But Ohio State had played, Penn State gave them a game, Wisconsin gave them a game in a Big Ten title game. They had had instances where somebody had pushed back at least for a while. They're not going to have, I don't think, anybody that pushes back against them, maybe at Indiana for a half, but the yeah. playoff's going to be the true wake-up call for them. Well, that's, I mean, because of the way it is, the way it's set up this year, because the only other good team that I see, there's two good other teams that I see right now, is uh, in the Big Ten is Indiana, would be one of them. Because they have a quarterback in their balance, Bruce. They can yeah. run the football. That running back's pretty darn good. Yeah. Their offensive line is really good. They play that's physical. That's going to be a good test. Yeah, that's going to be a good test for them. Then I think uh, you look at uh, Wisconsin. I don't know about Iowa. The thing Ohio State has to avoid, look through all this mess, they got to stay focused and not have a Purdue-slash-Iowa game that they've been prone to over the years. Yeah. They can't make that up, I don't think. Not with the competition of the Big Ten. All right, let's switch to a little NFL. Uh, Patrick Mahomes becomes the fastest NFL quarterback to 100 touchdowns. He uh, passes. He does it in his uh, 40th game. He gets to 101. It took uh, dangerous Dan Marino and his isotoner gloves 40 games to do so. I'm going to make a statement that is uh, statistically indefensible, yet I feel this, I, I, I will make my case why. I believe Marino's is more impressive than Mahomes because Marino did it in an era where teams were not throwing nearly as much as teams have been throwing it for the last however long. Patrick Mahomes came into an NFL that threw the ball all over the place. Dan Marino did not. So I'm sticking up for the Super Bowl-less Dan Marino, who uh, is already and never will catch Patrick Mahomes in Super Bowl championships. Uh, I understand that, and also the rules are set up even more so yep. for offenses now, especially right now where you know they're not calling holding penalties this year. I don't know if you noticed that, but I have not. They're, I, they're oh yeah, they're down about offensive line. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, the last statistic I heard, they were down like uh, 60% Ooh. compared to last year. And, you know, I th I don't know if this to be true or not. This is purely speculative on my part. But when you have no training camp, no preseason, you want to make sure you put a, a product on the field that sells. What sells? Touchdowns. Offense. Touchdowns. Yeah, and touchdowns. I think maybe it had to be an egregious holding call for anything, for any official to pull his flag out of his pocket. I think Dan Marino was great and what he accomplished and he did it with some great players in your right. It's a different era and it's a different offense. 
But what Patrick Mahomes is able to do, I mean, he's just, it's fun to watch. And the thing about Patrick Mahomes, I love this, and Dan couldn't do this, what Patrick can do, and all the kind of the great ones are doing this now, is that they can make accurate throws with their body in any type of position. Yeah. I mean, you watch some of the yeah. throws, just watching the highlights, some of the throws at Russell Wilson, although he had four turnovers yesterday, but still, some of the throws that he's making, it's just off the charts, man. And if Kyler Murray, I don't know if you saw any of the highlights of the Arizona. Miami. I did. I was watching Red Zone. I was watching Red Zone. Oh, and even Tua, right? Yeah. These guys. I mean, it. it's such. That's why the NFL, they understand one thing. You know what they understand? They know. They understand who their stars are. Yeah. And they understand who to protect. You're going to protect Patrick Mahomes. You're going to protect Kyler Murray. You're going to protect Tua. You're going to protect all these players. And it's just uh, these guys, or when you take your best athletes, back when I was growing up and you are growing up, we took our best athletes and we put them at running back, right? Yeah. The best athletes are now are, are at quarterback. And guess what? Everybody that wants to be a quarterback starts training as a quarterback when they're like six. They start training, right? Don't they? I mean, yeah. Is- that's what I was going to say was the result. You're – the result you're talking about, these guys, they throw a football like a baseball now. I mean, they throw up like a football, like a shortstop jumping on one leg deep in the hole to throw to first yeah. base because it does trace back exactly as you said to the fact that we have these elite 11 camps, these passing camps, these passing academies, these specialized coaches like Trent Dilfer and uh, uh, forget the guy who's Fields coach. He was Dwayne Haskins coach. They all have their own yeah. special quarterback coaches. Plus the the baseball guy Tom Houck is it right Tom something? House Tom House yeah Tom yeah House. Tom House yeah so yeah I mean the the players are great uh, but Marino was in a different era and I covered Dan with the Dolphins and I remember watching him it was funny Tex Gomez and I uh, Pedro Gomez from ESPN and I were talking about a lead that I wrote on a Dan Marino Dolphins win at the Big A in Anaheim against the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> Uh, this week because I called Pedro to make sure he didn't get whacked by ESPN. And Marino in person was just a, a grade above Marino on TV because on TV you didn't see how close guys were to him when he was not anywhere near ready to throw the ball and then, bam, the ball was out. Yeah. His release was unreal. Now, Mahomes is too. But I just have a soft spot for Dan because I watched him keep a dreadful Dolphins team competitive for year after year after year just because of what he could do with Mark Clayton and Mark Duper. So Mahomes is fantastic, and he's got the perfect coach in Andy Reid, and they do a nice job complimenting him. Clyde Edwards-Elair, who you called last year, you said, I'm a kid, might be the best back in the draft. He's perfect for Mahomes. Tyreek Hill is perfect for them. Kelsey's yeah. perfect for them. How about Kelsey? I mean, they're just yeah. a they're just a they're like the Ohio State Buckeyes of the NFL throwing a the football. They just got weapon after weapon after weapon. So uh congrats to Patrick Mahomes. Steelers eight no dodged a bullet. Uh Cowboys played them tough, but Cowboys have no quarterback. They're down to their third teamer. And uh Steelers dodged a bullet. Big Ben comes back from a what they thought might be a knee, but he uh, got him into the end zone at the end, and uh, they held on and won that one. How good is he playing? He's playing wow. really well. This is a this is an amazing stat to me. With as great as the Steelers were, 
you know, in the Chuck Knoll era and all that with all the Super Bowl rings. This is the first time they've ever been eight and zero. Yeah. So well, he and it's a, a lot's due to him, and their defense is really, really good. I mean, talk about creating energy. These guys do that on every game. I, I got a chance to watch some of that last night, man. And he, I just am so impressed with Roethlisberger, how long he holds the ball and the shots that he takes. Uh, and uh, Kevin, uh, uh, oh man, Colbert, I forget Kevin's Kevin last name. Kevin Colbert, yeah. uh, general manager Steelers, uh, how they're able to find players. And not only, just not in the first round, but the Spillane kid who's taken over for Devin mm-hmm. Bush who got hurt, and Devin Bush took over for Ryan Shazier. Uh, Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. Yep. And Ju- Juju Smith-Schuster, right? James I Washington. I mean, guys. they find wide receivers. They're Yeah. Whoever they're going to draft, draft that kid. Because uh, receiver. James Conner? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they know what they're doing in the second round, uh, yeah. big time. And, and they've done a good job. So we'll see. And uh, it's exciting. We're halfway through the NFL season and uh, see what happens. You were in the untenable situation yesterday of having your brother's team play your former team. That was uh, that can't be easy to watch that one since you work with the Lions. Ah. <laughs> well, they both are doing very well. No, so. they both needed a win. <laughs> yeah, they did. The Lions so, actually, I think, could have gotten a 500, which is not bad at the halfway mark. I mean, no, 500, not. you're in the hunt for the playoffs still. So give me, Stafford had, like, he was on the shelf with COVID. Did he test for COVID? Because Baker Mayfield, you, you're dialed in on all the COVID stuff. The Browns have placed Baker Mayfield on the reserve COVID-19 list, not because he tested positive. He has not tested positive. Right. He came into contact with a staff member who tested positive Saturday for the virus. So he could return to practice as early as Wednesday morning if he continues to test negative. Browns play the Texans on Sunday. So what is the, do you know what the protocol is on this? So if you come in close contact with somebody, and close contact I think is defined six feet or less for more than ten minutes, Right. I think that's the definition of close contact. And the contact tracers that the teams wear, all the staff, those, uh, I don't know if you've seen them, they're like wristbands. Yeah. They'll tell you if you've been in close contact with somebody or not. And so uh, that's what happened with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford was in close contact, I think, with Jared Davis, a linebacker. And Jared Davis, I think, had COVID. So before Matthew could return, he had to test negative twice, and, and it has to be at least five days. You have to t- test negative twice. If you test negative twice, then you're cleared to go if you're in contact with somebody. Now, if you're not in contact with somebody, if you actually do have COVID, then you have to wait 10 days, have no symptoms, and if you have no symptoms after 10 days, then uh, you're allowed to play without testing. I think there's a you get like a testing holiday because if you think about it that you know you can still test positive if there's remnants of the virus still in you even mm-hmm. though you're not contagious mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens uh but so matthew i guess flew out on a private plane sunday morning started a game off i think 14 for 14 against the vikings 
and then but the like or the Lions gave up 500 yards of offense and I do a thing on a Lions uh, internet on their website and I said you know you you look at the Minnesota Vikings you have really one job to do and that's to start Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. or to stop Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook and no they didn't do it and the easier Vikings, said like than I done said, had 500 yards of offense you and that, that one long run yeah. by Dalvin Cook, uh, what, 70 yards? 70. They had 10 guys on the field, Bruce. Oh. So <laughs> that's, it's hard enough to stop him with 11. Yeah, exactly. So. No, you got you to do better than that. Uh, speaking of better than that, you can't do better than Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys. They're in Hilliard. They are equipped to handle you with any legal situation that you have, whether it's workers' comp, personal injury, wills, estate planning, contracts, whatever it is. Get a hold of Stan and the team at Willis Spangler Starling. They're online at willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Always best to get your legal rights protected ahead of time rather than to try to fix it on the back end, but they can do that too. Willisattorneys.com is the website. Check them out and make them a part of your thinking when you need a legal expert. Hey, a little Ohio State hoops news, Spiels. Uh, I was going to head to South Dakota for the Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic over Thanksgiving. Then Ohio State pulled out. Then Dayton pulled out. Uh, A little birdie tells me that they are trying to work out an Ohio State-Dayton game without having to leave the state because, of course, the governor is worried about – he's put South Dakota on the – on the cootie list, prohibited. Uh, and the Buckeyes got Jimmy Sotos, their Bucknell transfers, uh, NCAA appeal of his eligibility initially turned down. They got that approved. So Jimmy Sotos. And now today they get Michi Johnson, one of their top recruits for next year, is enrolling early. And this is a no-brainer. If you were, put yourself in this situation. You were at Maslin. Let's say you had already made up your mind to go to Ohio State before your senior year, and then something weird happened where you were told you could go to Ohio State for your senior year of high school, play college football, and retain your freshman eligibility for the next year. So basically, it's a free year for Michi Johnson. He can do that, and he is doing that. Would you have done that? I would have thought about it, yeah. yeah. Because you think about, okay, well, then I'll get a master's degree if I decide to stay all all the years. So I think it's a great opportunity for kids. I think everybody's done the best they can within the sports world to kind of operate in a COVID world and try to make things as, as easy as possible or provide opportunities. So I think that's a, yeah, that's a great opportunity uh, for that kid. It's interesting. So we'll like see. all these guys' eligibility clocks stop, so C.J. Walker can come back next year. He's a senior this year. He can come back next year. Everybody can come back next year if they want to. So, Mitch yeah. Johnson's well, a nice player. I mean, what are you going to do with What are you going to do with the scholarships? So, I don't think they've extended the scholarships. Yeah. Well, I would imagine that uh, right. there there will they haven't be added scholarships. Not that I know of, but uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I guess. You got it. (laughs) All right. Uh, This is uh, the portion of the podcast where we transition into the faith aspect of the podcast. Uh, What would you like to share uh, this morning, sir? Well, I was thinking about you today, Mm -hmm. this morning, actually. Mm -hmm. And this comes from Corinthians. And it's, uh, therefore, we do not lose heart. 
For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us eternal glory that outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time and cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I think in, a, you know, in, a, in a crazy times and some people uh, are under a lot of stress, you know, just kind of keep your eyes upstairs. Keep your eyes on an eternal perspective and understand that God's at work and God doesn't abandon you or us and if you're if you're perplexed or troubled just kind of just keep your eyes to the sky and god will carry you through and whatever troubles or whatever worries or anxieties are present now remember that they're temporary well that is extremely timely for me today as uh i enter into a situation now going forward where it appears i'll be talking about uh an administration that I hoped wouldn't win the election, and it, uh, and uh, so I have to figure out like what does my talk show become going forward. And uh, your scripture that you shared with me dovetails with something that a friend of mine said yesterday in our Sunday school class. And he said, "We all who are believers in Christ share the same hope, and remember, hope for." A believer is not a wish, it's an assurance. Right. He said we all share the same assurance. We all share the same belief that God is sovereign, that he is in charge. And so he said, look, God brought about and will bring about, pending legal challenges and whatever, he said God will bring about the election result that he wanted. He said you may not have wanted whatever it is, but it wouldn't happen if he didn't want it because he's sovereign right. and he brought it about. Now, we can debate until the cows come home why he brought it about. <laughs> there are many different possibilities there because his mind is infinite beyond our own. But it definitely wouldn't have happened if he didn't want to allow it to happen or make it happen, which I thought was good for me to hear. And he said, so we share the same but we share the same assurance. We share the same deference to God that he is sovereign, that we submit to his plan, not our own. And we share the same home in eternity. And he said, so nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to change those three things. Your assurance is the same. God's sovereignty is the same. And your destination ultimately is the same. And that lines up perfectly with what you just said. And so uh, thank you for that. And it's good for me to remember. And I will do my best. I told best you I was thinking about you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that because, um, you know, I've said before, I, I want the show to be uh, enlightening, inspiring, and empowering. And I don't want it to just be a gripe session or a, right. a name-calling session or this, that, and the other. So um, that's uh, that's good. The other thing that I would say today, um, I wrote a tribute to a friend today on uh, PressProsMagazine.com. I started my sports writing career in Troy, Ohio, 
in the uh, mid eighties. And, uh, I go in and they're, you know, first day they're introducing me around and I met, uh, the staff photographer. Well, it turns out he's from Orville, Ohio, a little town, much like the one that I was sure. raised in. Bobby Knight. Bruce. Bobby Knight. Yes, sir. And, Head of the- and Jim and I were both raised, you know, in, in Mennonite families. So we made many jokes about that then and over the years and Jim and I were inseparable for the year that we worked together. Then he moved to Florida to to the Miami news. I went down to visit him and interviewed at the news. And then I got hired at the news and then he moved back to Ohio to get married. And we've been in touch over the years. Well, I got a phone call a couple weeks ago that started out. Hey, did you hear about Jim Whitmer? And I'm like, "Uh, no. And he died. I don't know the circumstances of his death. He died at home with his family. might've been COVID related, might've been something else. And I've been over to that area probably 10 times, uh, since the fall started and every single time I've thought, yeah, I got to stop and see Jim. I got to stop and see Jim. I got to call Jim. I got to reconnect with Jim. And I never did because, you know, I thought I had, I got plenty of time, you know, we're both right around the same age. And so I would just mention today that, um, if you got somebody on your mind that you've been meaning to connect with, keep in mind your chances aren't as unlimited as you may think they are. And, um, we didn't have a falling out, uh, as I write in the piece. We, didn't, we never had a falling out. It was always one of those friendships, and many people have friendships like this, that um, the minute you reconnect with somebody, it's like old times. All the laughter and fun and special times that you had together come right back to you, and you think, man, we got to do this more often. Uh, I wish I had the chance to do uh, that kind of a conversation with Jim one more time. So I just would mention that as... If you've got a prompting to connect with somebody, take advantage of it because, uh, you know, in line with what Chris was talking about, our time here is not as infinite as we tend to look at it. Um, it can be gone in an instant. So that's just my little uh, shout shout out to my buddy Jim who uh, enriched my life. And um, even though we hadn't connected for a long time, I'll, I'll miss him. I'll miss him a lot. So... Um, That'll do it for today's podcast. Appreciate everybody listening. Remember to get those nominations in for COVID-19 relief. Podcast at gmail.com. Review us on iTunes. That would be nice. And we will talk to you again on Wednesday when hopefully Baker Mayfield is uh, cleared to practice. And we can debate on Wednesday whether Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow is the best rookie quarterback in the NFL, sir. Wow. Both pretty good. That's a good conversation. Yes, it is. Great to talk to you, buddy, and uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. All right. All right. Everybody have a great day.